0: Welcome to the Ohio Ministry Network podcast. The following audio was recorded at the 2014 Synergy Conference held in Gahanna, Ohio at Pathway Church. For more information, please visit our website, ohioministry.net.
1: Okay, um, I think this is everybody's favorite subject, right? We've been hearing so many things going on about all of these um, new laws that are being put in place. Um One of the things that I would like to start this off with is I'm going to go over what we're going to go over in the packet, which if you'll go to the uh, page three of your packet, we're going to be talking about the definition of the law, changes to health care, the ten essential benefits, metal plans, mandated coverage, exchanges and subsidies large group mandates and penalties, and additional fees and taxes. Now, um, the reason I put this packet together, and I wanted to make sure so I don't forget to tell you, I put this packet together because, obviously, the things that I'm going to talk about, some of them you're going to retain, and others, it's going to be a little bit hard to understand everything at at all at one time. So I brought extra packets if anybody wants to take back some uh, with them. I'm up at the front. They're uh, behind the desk, I don't know, what this there's a desk up there, and I have them up there, so you'll be more than welcome to stop by and I'll give you some. Um, let me begin by giving you uh, def- uh, the defining of the actual law. We have heard it to be called health care reform, that's how it first came out. Most of you know it by Obamacare, um, but the actual technical name of this uh, law is the Patient Protection Affordable Care Act, um, or PPACA, you'll see it, or in this presentation you'll hear me talk and I will be referring to it as the ACA. That's the Affordable Care Act. That's the, that's the actual name that out, in the, out on the market and out in the uh, society, that's pretty much now when we're working with all of these what they'll call that. So when you hear that, that's what you're going to be able to relate it to. Um, this is probably the biggest change since Medicare and Medicaid back in 1965. This has been a major impact on our market and on uh, health care as we know it. Um, behind the scenes, as I get into this presentation, we're going to uh, basically go over some things. Kind of what I want to uh, go over here is the provisions that were put in place. You know, this law came in place on March 23, 2010. That's where everything started. So they, th- things kept rolling out. As we were rolling along, they were putting these different provisions in, in place. Some of the provisions that were being added or set up Um, a small employer employer tax credit, which a small employer tax credit, quickly just to go over that because this is the last year, 2014 is the last year you're going to be able to take this tax credit. But what this tax credit was for was um, uh, groups that had 25 or less employees, Um, they had uh, at least making an average of $50,000 for each full-time employee. And it had to uh, be that the employer was give, uh, pr- uh, paying 50% of the premium. Then what happened is, and there was a form. There's a form that you can fill out that you actually calculate out exactly these te- uh, types of information. And at that point in time, then it, it comes down and tells you what your tax credit would be for an employer. This year, it's, you'll get 35% of the premium back. Um, Also, this year, now prior to this, you were able to actually just do this, not have to go out to these exchanges, the SHOP exchange. Currently, in order to get these these credits, now as an employer, you have to go out there. Um, Dependent coverage was uh, changed and went up to age 26. Uh, There were no life uh, before 2013 lifetime limits were removed, and restrictions on annual limits was put in place. There are also no rescissions. Rescissions were what that means is the termination of a benefit or payment retroactively. They can no longer do that unless there was fraud involved. Um, no pre-existing for children was started before 2013. Now in 2014, as of January 1st, 2014, this this goes across the board for every plan, individual group doesn't matter the size of the group. There is no longer any PRE-X. Um, no cost sharing for preventive care services. I'm sorry. What is that, a pre-existing? Pre-existing is something that you, how it's, how it's set up currently, is if you were to go on a new plan, um, anything that you were seeing, most of them are six months, and then you've got to wait 12 months. So what happens is, is they'll look back. Let's say a, 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 you didn't have any, uh, credible coverage credible coverage was where you had care you had coverage before let's say you didn't have any what they do is they look six months back if you were seen for this particular condition at that point you had a twelve month waiting period for that condition to be paid if you had coverage before and let's say it went out twelve months then you didn't have any pre you that wasn't uh, anything that they could charge you for or not pay on. Uh, Now, none of that is going to be in existence at all, any longer. Um, No cost sharing for preventative services. I go into quite detail as we move forward over these about the preventative, and there's a reason I do that. But also now you'll have a list of what's covered under preventative with no cost attached. Um, The appeals process was changed. The appeals process, and that would be when there's a payment denied, or a benefit denied that was actually a covered benefit at that point. Uh, they've increased and improved on their internal and external appeal process now. Um, a big change that came out was no reimbursement when people had HSAs. I don't know if any of you, if you all know what HSAs are, but what HSAs HR- are? Our health savings account. It's a type of plan that people can be put be put on, and they can make contributions contributions to, a, um, uh, to a, uh, uh, an account that they open at the bank, pre-tax, and the employer can also contribute to that, up to a certain dollar amount. Well, it was in there that uh, you could get over-the-counter drugs, because when you put these monies into these accounts on HSAs, you can use them for other things other than just what's on your benefits. You can use it for dental and vision, while also you could get over-the-counter medicine no longer can you do that unless you have a prescription from the doctor. Oh, really? Yes, yeah, so if you're taking that out of your HSA, you and I'll tell you what we do or what I advise people to do, to do is to get a prescription. The doctor doesn't really mind doing that because you have to have that if in an audit you didn't have that. Are
0: HSAs only instruments
1: of insurance companies plans? No, HSAs do go under, oh, I, I thought you said group. What did you, you just say? Well, it might not have been a high-deductible health plan, Now, because when, when you say qualified, that says to me, was it a qualified health plan? Because they've got to stay within certain limitations and have certain things in these particular plans. But most carriers offered um, health savings accounts. You oh, you people who, you know how you go to your, your, your coverage. If you have a card, it's to a different, you know, an insurance, insurance company. Okay. An insurance company. Usually, the insurance company sets these types of plans up, and then you choose what deductible you want to be on. Oh, yes. No, you can't just. No, you cannot do that. No, nope. it has to be a, a high deductible health plan that is compatible, and it is only offered with um, carriers. Unless you have a prescription. Now, if you have a prescription, put it in a file. You know, tell your doctor, honestly, we have this, uh, this question comes up a lot. He'll write it because they know these have been changed. So you just want to have that in case of an audit. Um, Medical loss ratio rules went in. And what medical loss ratio is, is these carriers or your insurance companies now have have been mandated by the government that they have to, of the premium, use 85% of that premium for uh, their be- towards the benefits and payment of claims. If they do not, they have to refund. And what they kind of do, we just went through this. Um, they take it uh, as a pool of business, and at that point, then they average it to see how it how it works out for a, a particular group, and then they they give the monies back if there was an, an overage. So that's the. Um, and then the last one is the uh, W two form uh, the uh, reporting. What that is, that was only for 250 size groups, had to put on the W-2s of all their employees what the cost of their benefits were, of their plan. That is only for size groups of 250 or more. Uh, provisions that are went in effective in 2013. You had to get a summary of benefit. SBC is the favorite word out on the marketplace right now, or out in the in the groups. Every group now. I don't know if you guys have insurance through a group, but you usually get a summary of benefits, and it kind of just tells all your benefits and how they're structured. Well, now the government and this, and you have to see this. This is very. I think it's harder to read myself. But it's, uh, it's, you've got to do it in their format with all the, what they say and how you just plug in the different amounts depending on the plan that you have. So those have to be handed out. That's part of the law now whenever you renew. Or we have to
0: do that,
1: the carrier does not do that, correct? Um, no, actually the carrier does provide those. Yes. Now usually what I do with my groups, the carriers do have them, but I always put that when I'm renewing a group, I always put that in their packets because it is actually technically the employer's responsibility, so that's kind of why I do that. Um, Again, no cost-sharing, but this was added preventative benefits for women. Uh, There was an increase in Medicare tax, uh, whistleblower protections, and what that was is when somebody went to tell something that was not uh, legal or not supposed to be being done or not compliant, there's now protections for people who turn that in. Um, patient-centered outcome research institution fees. I'll go over that later towards the end, telling you what these fees and taxes are. And then a notice of exchange. The notice of exchange is actually the employer's responsibility. I also, oh, she's gone. I also provide that to my um, employers. But what that is is that now has been that you have to notify all your employees that there's an exchange out there and tell them if your plan is affordable and um, minimum coverage. That is an employer's responsibility to tell the employees.
2: Can you share regarding that, whether that's if they provide group health insurance or not? That they have to provide that either way? If it's a group health plan or if if they don't provide group health insurance, they still, employers are responsible to provide this notice of exchange even if they don't offer
1: group insurance. That's right, because it's a a law. Yes, and another reason is then that's the way the government looks at it as everybody is being informed because later in the presentation we're going to talk about the mandates. So there are penalties if people don't have insurance that's going to roll out. So that's the reason for um, sending that out. Um, another thing, another law that changed was the FSA. The FSA now changed um, its limit, which is $2,500 a year. FSA is a, uh, it's a, a savings account that uh, basically an employer will set up for their employees and they, they would put limits on it. You could contribute to this FSA. Now, it's not literal money. What it, it's, it's, uh, ver- it's kind of, a, oh, I'm trying to think of the word, a virtual type of count where you have certain amount that you can turn in expenses for your medical. Okay. Now, there is also is dependent care. Is it a medical
3: reimbursement please?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So now there didn't used to be the employer would set up limits, but now the government is saying that that can't be any lo- more than $2,500 a year. Now that does not include your dependent care. So the dependent care is uh, outside of that 2500 And also a new one that just came out, the IRS, is now allowing, because it didn't used to allow this, on FSAs, if you don't use that money, you lose that money that you committed to. Um, but now they're saying that you can roll over $500 of unused funds that just that just rolled out as of 1-1 of 13. The next page is things that went into for 2014. Now there is no pre-existing for anyone. They have now set up new plans. Now this is where we're going to get into the meat of the things of the plans of the Obamacare, and I'm going to call that right now or the ACA. Um, The metal plans, what they represent is there's now four types of plans that people are limited to. And what that means to you is they're they're under actuarials. Um, And we'll go over these actuarials and how the plans are structured as we move into the next session after I show you now the ten essential benefits, um, which is the next one. Another change that was done is the community rating for individual and small group. Uh, No longer a 90-day probationary period. No employer any longer can go over uh, 90 days. Some employers, large 51-plus, could put higher waiting periods on their employees to get insurance. That no longer can happen. Um, Taxes and fees, added to rates, uh, individual mandates with penalties, and the beginning of marketplaces and exchanges, and availability of subsidies. The next page now, this list here that I have is the list of the 10 essential benefits. When I use that term in these actuarial plans that we're going to talk about, they have to have these 10 benefits. Every plan, individual, uh, small group, it didn't used to be that way. Uh, Individual could uh, separate out pregnancy, um, they're not going to be doing any of that any longer. These 10 benefits have to be in. Now, the key thing to remember, and why this is so important, and I'm, why I'm stressing this, is this is added cost. Even though it's a nice benefit, there have been benefits that have been added with no limits to them. For instance, substance abuse. Substance abuse used to have limits. I think you got like a 30-day... Um, uh, per year, per benefit period. That no longer is going to be on any policies. Now they can go as often as it's needed. Um, There won't be any limitations to mental health. Uh, Another thing that was added is habilitative services. Now you know there's rehabilitative, which is like your physical therapy, your speech therapy. Then there is the uh, habilitative. And what that is, is like autism. Autism didn't used to be covered. It is now having to be covered under these plans. Um, You'll notice that uh, pediatric uh, uh, services on there. This is also another added cost. Every plan, and and some carriers, are not allowing you to carve it out. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you, I think I only know of one right now that is allowing you to do that, most of them have it already written in the plan. So let's say you're a, let's say you're a, a you're a, uh, husband and wife, and you don't have any children at home any longer, or you don't, you never had children. Whether you have them or not, these these benefits are now in these plans. So, Sorry. Um, no, that's
3: okay. Is
1: that the medical plan or is yes. it like a visual and or oral? You can, you can. Well, they're in the plans. It's going to go towards your medical benefit for the pediatric. Remember, this is for the children, and that goes up to age 19. But
3: not for the adults?
1: No, it is not for the adults. What we're seeing and kind of what we're, we've been doing is um, you know how they used to have dental plans. What we do now is we take the kids off of that and just leave the employee spouse unless they want orthodontia. Because one of the struggles with this pediatric, uh, pediatric, uh, Uh, Dental coverage is it's and and by the way, I mean, they put limits on it, like they can only have $700 out of pocket, so that's added cost when you're looking at that. That's added costs that are being put into the plans. Um, The only thing that is uh, I find could be troublesome is they do have orthodontia on there, but it says only uh, subject if it's medically necessary. Well. The thing of it is, is they're saying that they're mirroring the Medicaid, how they've got it set up for Medicaid children. And right now, under Medicaid, that's very hard to prove, that it's medical necessary. It's usually like somebody who has a um, um, cleft palate. Um, So it's kind of hard. You don't see very many Medicaid patients getting those types of benefits. So this is something that has not been made clear yet. Uh, There's no guidelines telling us where's that cutoff. And you know, of course these plans just came out, so we're not we haven't experienced it yet. And when you go and ask these questions, there's no guidance. So at this point it just says it's subject to medical necessity. So it's kind of things that we're gonna find out as we go along.
0: With these ten, um, is there still a wide range of percentages of coverage or do they put limitations on that? Like according to your plan, we'll pay 05 percent and you pay the other ninety five
1: point five percent. You mean um, when you say them, you mean the employer? Insurance company. Okay. Yes, there's going to be, and I'll go over that too. We'll go over what the, how the plans look for you. Um, now here we come into, and I, I, you're going to see I went to great length to put in a lot of, um, for two purposes, a lot of uh, preventative benefits in the next few pages. And the reason I did that is because, first of all, I thought it was kind of a nice list for everybody to have, but I also wanted you to see all that's been added to the plans Now, there's some things that were already in there, but there's a lot that was not. And because of that, even though it's a nice benefit, and the reason I'm driving this home is because of the cost. That's, That's a big point. Now, if you'll see the first one, Women Health, okay, it's just like an example of her, there's no cost on these any longer, no sharing of any costs, like you just said, you know they 're going to pay a per- certain percentage, and you pay a certain percentage when i say when I say no cost sharing, that means on your part for you on the plan. If you turn the p- page, we have preventative care for women um, if you 'll see on there they 've added like breastfeeding support, supplies, and counseling they 'll even be able to get a breast pump now um, uh, and that, has, and that has no cost. Uh, domes- domestic violence screening and counseling, you'll see, has been added. Um, you're going to see, because you're a church, um, it says it, that the churches are not required to cover contraceptives. However, that's a battle that's going on right now. That decision is still in the midst of being made. So at that point, it is listed out there. But actually, that's something that um, you need to be careful of that, because I don't think it's been totally determined. Um, then you'll see the preventative care for adults. You'll see, again, there's screening for obesity and counseling from the doctor and other profession, uh, professionals to um, sustain weight loss. That's something that we did not have. As a matter of fact, um, that type of thing was actually a not covered. It was an exclusion. So these have all been with no cost. Um, HIV and STI screenings those also used to have a cost. Some of them weren't even covered. They were an exclusion. So uh, as you see, there's a lot of added benefits with no cost sharing. And then the next page is for children. Um, As you see there in those lists, you'll see oral health, (coughs) risk assessments, and fluoride treatments. That is all preventative, so that means no cost. Um, You're going to have vision and hearing screenings. Uh, You'll see there's autism for ages 18 uh, to 24 months. Um, They added the obesity screening and counseling, and then at the bottom they added the sexually transmitted infection prevent counseling and HIV screenings. This is for children. This has all been added with no cost. And then the last one I put in only because I do deal with a lot of Medicare people, and I was sure that I probably would have some maybe that would be attending. So these, Medicare didn't use to cover these types of benefits. So that has been added to the Medicare plans as well. They have to cover these things. Okay, now we're going to go to the metal plans and talk about the structure to ask one of your, answer one of your questions. They have the four metal plans. These metal plans are, are bronze, silver, gold, and platinum. Now, what that means to you is it used to be you had a wide array, like you kind of said, a wide array of different plans that an employer could choose or you as an, em- as an employee could choose. Well, currently now, that's not going to be the case. It became very tasking to all of the um, Insurance companies, because they had to file these claims or file these plans. And in these plans, they have to be within these actuarials. The bronze plan has to be within 60%. They could veer off 2% is all. Now, when I say 60%, to you what that means is that bronze plan pays 60% of all your benefits. That's the bronze plan. The silver plan pays 70%. The gold plan pays 80%, and then, of course, the uh, platinum pays 90%. There is a catastrophic plan as well, which only certain criteria, uh, such as being uh, 30, or actually it's not 30, it's under 30 years old, and or, um, uh, um, I'm trying to think of the word, Uh, yeah, through har- hardship, Thomas does a lot of individual. He knows that. Uh, through hardship, which means your income. And
4: that, that of that
1: of yes, and that's in here. I, I'll go over that with you. Yeah, it'll tell you because I'm going to share with you a little bit of how this all works. So as you see in the last part of it, I put you <coughs> down that it can be no, lo- no larger than a 2000 4000 deductible on... Uh, a, a silver plan. Actually, no, I think that's actually a bronze. The 2,000, 4,000, is that the bronze that usually, or the, yeah. Um, the limit for out-of-pocket is 6,350. Out-of-pocket individual, 12,700 for family. Now, one of the things that I want to side note on here. You know, it's looking like this is really good, the 60% and the 70%. I'm kind of going to put a personal comment here. When we heard these and these were rolling out, we really thought, wow, you know, this is going to make a really big impact and these are going to be much better benefits. Now, benefits-wise, they are, but the out-of-pockets are a lot more than most are used to. That's what we're finding. Their out-of-pockets are very, very high, and the cost is high. So it wasn't, because people were actually getting better plans from before. Now, they didn't have all these added benefits, but they were getting, They were were getting better plans than they are going to be now. They're going to be shocked with the, the cost of them. Another big change that has taken place is the community rating. Now, currently, or last year, what we were doing is, you know, how individuals could be denied. If they had enough issues or there were certain issues that they had, they did not have to cover individuals. The reason for that, of course, is there's no pool to take the risk. And what I mean by that is if an individual had a condition that was a high cost, there's not a there's not a group of people that are that are buffering that cost. So whatever they would charge them wouldn't be even enough to cover the condition. So they would deny them. That no longer can happen. Um, um, this new rate and, and and by the way they took in whatever conditions you had. So with this new rating, it's going to be community rating now. And what that means is they can only take into consideration the, your geographical area where you live, your age, and if you smoke. That's it. If you smoke, it's usually like a 25% write-up. Um, and, the, and at this time, there's no monitoring. We've got to think that eventually there's going to be something that's going to roll out, being that they're making that one of the criteria. Um, but it has seen a big change in our market. And why I say that is what used to be a 9 to 1 ratio, like for your older to your younger, usually the younger ones would get a better rate and the older ones would have a higher rate. Well, now it's been squeezed down to a 3 to 1. And so what's happening is the younger, healthier people are paying more and the older people are paying less, which is adverse selection. And what I mean by that is a lot of the sicker people are going to be the ones that are going to go into these market segments. And I foresee the cost to go skyrocketing at this point. But we're still, you know, this has just started to roll out. So we're kind of analyzing that. Um, and as you as you've seen at the bottom, that's what I was talking about, is the, the impact that it's had. The state of Ohio was uh, predicted to have a big, a large impact. New York, I have a group in New York. They were already community rated, and their rates were out of sight. I always had a hard time finding plans for them their rates have gone down. This was a good fit for them. So it just depends on the geographical area and how it was uh, set up before. All right, now we're going to get to the mandate of individuals. It is going to be mandated this year. If you do not have coverage, you're going to be penalized. The penalties, if you'll see at the, at the bottom, I've got a, a chart there that shows you that it's $95 per adult, and it shows you then per child. Um, or, and this is where people leave this off, $95 or 1% of your Box 1 W-2. So that possibly could be higher. Now, that's the first year. As you see, it continues to, to, to go up on the for the penalties absolutely yes they're pushing that and right now it's funny i was just talking actually i was talking to somebody i think from one of the assembly of god uh uh, yeah friday or thursday and it's funny because i was telling her she said you know why on these exchanges are they all the commercials showing younger people you know they must be really going into this that's not why those commercial, those commercials are putting that in there. they're trying to encourage younger people because it's offsetting the the market is being offset because it's only the sicker people that are going in as opposed to the people who are healthy to offset the the caring of those uh conditions that may be out there mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. They say we're going to do this rate. You can go get your own insurance. Then we don't want to really mess with that. Um, which one is better with this new thing that's coming out?
1: Um, it really depends. What what we're finding out is it depends on it depends. It depends on the the, the the demographics of the group. I've had some groups that I'll run it through, and it's astronomical. I mean, like I mean, like this one group was sixty percent higher. Um, individuals. Um, Of course, we're going to get into the subsidies. The thing about the individual and going and getting your own is these things are not pre-taxed. What you're paying, you may get subsidies and you may be eligible, which is what I'm going to go on right now. You may be able to get subsidies when you go on to the exchange. Here's just a thought that I am telling my groups and telling my people when we're making these decisions. Remember something. This is just rolling out. So I don't know if the individual how the individual market going to hold up with all this. Is it going to implode? Is the rates going to go sky high? You know, we really don't know that, but i got to think if we're not taking in the premium that we need at this point in time, then at, at that point they're going to have to adjust because nobody's going to lose money out of this. So as, as to your question, sometimes I feel the group product right now is important simply because you do get your pre-tax um, um abilities to be able to do that also you've got a group of people that are coming together and maybe bringing down some of the rates as opposed to being on an individual it de- it depends on the person that you're dealing with well, thomas does a lot of individual and i'm sure you could speak to that that you know it it just really depends yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, on the- at like that, <coughs> in yeah.
1: yes like i just did a church group right now and Uh, I'm doing them individually, and I went out to see subsidies, and I did them as a group. I've got some some really good rates on the group side, but that's because there are some new carriers out, and they've only got uh, three people on the plan. So it's still a good fit for them to stay with the group. Um, What happens with the subsidies? On the back page of the subsidies of exchange, I've given you a chart of the federal poverty. This is an updated chart as of October of 2014, because they just expanded the Medicaid to 138% of the federal poverty level, when you go out to these exchanges, what's going to happen, and they call them the marketplace, um, you guys probably are hearing a lot saying these exchanges, this is what happens when you do that. First of all, and this is going to be a question that's on the board, first of all, they're going to ask you, do you have affordable minimum coverage through an employer? That's going to be the first question. If you say yes, you're done, because you're not eligible for a subsidy. And if you do have affordable minimum coverage, and minimum coverage means you got those 10 essential benefits. So if you've got the affordable, which is 9.5% of an employee's individual rate, he cannot be paying over 9.5%. That makes it affordable. If they are not getting affordable coverage, or minimum coverage. Then what happens is it then goes on and asks what's your household income. And then it asks how many people that are in your household. And that's usually driven by how you file your taxes. Is usually a uh, side note on that I found out if a dependent is living in your house and they are and let's say they're just working part-time and you don't claim them on the taxes, you do have to count that as household household income if they're living in your house and they're making $7,000 or more. Just as a side note. Um, So what they do then is they'll go down and they put those demographics on and they take your income. What happens is it comes up and it tells you if you're eligible for a subsidy. Subsidies can be taken monthly. You can get them as a part of your taxes at the end of the year. There's various ways in which that you can get your subsidies, but if you do get a subsidy, it'll tell you how much a month is going to apply towards that. Another side note that I want to put out there, if when you're reporting your income, make sure that you, because some people say, okay, I'll just give them last year's. Well, if it increased in that year, when you go to file your taxes and they've been giving you too much subsidy, they're going to take it back. That's correct.
3: That's correct. What Ah. if you, let's say you get a raise in the middle of the year after you already applied? Well, like, let's say I applied and they gave me this, uh, and then halfway through the year, let's say I get a $5,000 raise. Am I going to have to pay that back?
1: Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And I don't know, we're still looking into it, and I don't know where we're at on this, if we can then change our, go into the healthcare.gov and change our status. I, d- I don't know if the availability, we're struggling with it. We are working with this every day. And it's just been a very slow process. The government was not ready for this, once ever. Because there's lots of people. I went
3: in with my insurance guy to try to change. And it was a nightmare. It so is. finally, we had to just not pay the premium the first leg. Cancel yep. and
1: start a whole nother one. I know. It. That's, <laughs> we're finding a lot of those. It's been a real struggle. It's been a lot of work. With, with it. It has been a lot of work. Now, but the, the reason I caution you to that because a lot of times you're not going to hear that part. All you're going to hear is I'm getting a subsidy. You just want to make sure that the income you're reporting in your household is correct because I personally don't want to see anybody getting a whole bunch of money taken back at tax time. Um, I kind of went over the next page, which is what's determining, but that's something that you can have showing you the 9.5% of your box one, W-2 so you have an idea of how that's um, figured. The next part that I'm going to go over is, I'm, not, I'm going to just skim over this. For large employers, I don't know if there's any in here, but I'll just say this. For a large employer, it's been delayed. There are going to be penalties for groups of 51 plus and up if they're not providing insurance coverage, minimum affordable coverage to their employees. If they're not doing that, they're going to get a $2,000 fine per employee minus the first 30. That's what they'll be, and they'll have to be paying that per employee. Um, At this point, the 51 plus has been pushed forward and delayed till 2016. 100 plus will start in 2015, January 1st. So that's why I was going to go over this slightly, but I wanted in there because this is getting because this is how they're going to fund a lot of things. I mean, there's there, you know those, those monies mean something. <coughs> um, the last part of this that I wanted to go over with you guys was. And this is, this is a big deal because I think a lot of people don't know this is going on. Um, the last part is the fees and taxes. Um, these next few pages tells you the names of these fees and taxes. The first one is the PCORI fee. That is an $0.18 cents per member um, on the policy. When I say per member, if like, let's say you have husband, wife, and three children. that's. All five of them gets that added or added on. The next one is the reinsurance fee. That one is $63 per year per member. Again, if there's a family of five, it's $63. And I'm telling you guys, this is on all plans. But nothing is getting... Um, not included in that, except I think the Medicare plans are not being, that's not being put on those at this time. But all of the, the individual, which again, raises rates. So this is going, and this is going up for the next three years. It goes, actually, no, it didn't go up. It doesn't go up. That's, that's an incorrect statement. It goes down to $44 in 2015 per year per member. This reinsurance, so I kind of tell you what this reinsurance fee is for, because I'm sure that's your next question. Because they're, doing, they're not doing underwriting on all these, taking conditions in, they're going to have catastrophic claims. So this reinsurance is for this market of insuring anything over 60000 up to 250000 So they're taking that on all the people that are on any kind of plans. These are added into your rates now. Some of the carriers are se- separating them out, showing you what those fees are adding up to. But those are going to be added to all the plans. The next one and the last one is the, um, uh, a tax that is being added on for, uh, this is an interesting one. The government made the decision to put a cost on a market share. That's what this. This is what this is. Now, all of these taxes and fees are actually a tax to the carriers. However, the carriers, like anything, are going to tack on cost and 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 trickle on down. This last one is the government has put a, a, a market share of 18 billion dollars on these for these. They're saying as far as how it's going to do out in the market. So what happens is and. I, is that it's like taking a pie. If a carrier has a certain percentage of that market, that's the percentage of that 18 billion that they're going to be billed. So they're passing that down. This one does continue to go up um, over the next few years, actually. The last page that I put in here was a uh, This is just a timeline. This is from the time it started to current. I just wanted everybody to have something that they could actually, if they wanted to, to help them understand along with this packet. This is just a timeline of of what the government has, has put out there for us to do. So to make sure I answer your questions then, let's see here what we have. Does an IRA affect? position of what uh, is an IRA uh, going to be affected by the government (laughs)
4: in
1: other words does that get put into your income when you're when you're reporting it I'm going to be very honest about this one I'm not sure so I do not want to answer you incorrectly but if you'll leave your name I will definitely And if you got an email I'll definitely find out when I get back to the office because I don't know does it
4: typically the distribution
1: Oh, if the part that you take out of your IRA and it's taxable, that would be counted as income towards any subsidies figuring that you would be doing.
0: Okay, if your income drops while your IRA is maintained so that your income will put you into a poverty level, can they say, no, you got an IRA, you're not in no. a
1: subsidy? No, okay. no, that was, that yeah. Was a big no, yeah, no. No. And remember, there was something I told you. Remember when I told you you go out there and you actually plug in all these numbers? If you come up with your, the, the new thing right now happening is is when you go out there and your income is, is below, it spits you right over to Medicaid now. Immediately. It's kind of a mess because there's so many of this going on. So they've seen a huge <coughs> influx right now. It won't, and, and by the way, another thing is if you have children... The children, this is another important thing. You could have a family, and in that family there could be two children. If that's a certain percentage of your income, the parents could go on and get a subsidy, but they'll take the children. We've had this happening a lot. They take the children and put them over to Medicaid. Is that? It depends on the person. That's what we're finding. Some people don't care. Some people really care.
3: Yeah, that, that's, that's what they do with us. So it's like an automatic
1: thing. It is an automatic thing. It, it threw us because we were never told that, and it was and it was a mess too. Everything was worried because they didn't know if they were going to have coverage. So, uh, other sources of information. I don't remember what that meant. Oh, like, web- oh yes, cms.gov <laughs> is a good one to go out to. Um, oh, uh, the one that I use the most is the CMS.gov because it's do you, do you know of any additional sites? Because we usually. If you really want reliable
0: information, yeah. um, you really go to CMS.gov. You're going
1: to go to Because they're, the, they're the ones that's determining everything. And it's quite extensive out there. If you haven't been out there, I, I think it's very informative. So. Yeah, huh? Yeah, because that's true. Some of that you got to be very careful because it's interpretation, too. You, you you want to you want to be careful with that. Options other than ACA. Okay, that's something that's a, that's a very good question too. Um, it was going to be where, as of October for January first, you were going to be forced to go to the ACA. Well, if all of you were listening to the news, what happened was everybody started screaming, saying, okay, Obama, you told us that we were going to be able to keep our plans, and now you're making us go to these ACA, these new rates. Well, what happened was is that um, he then made an executive decision and said now they can keep their plans. The trouble with that was a lot of the carriers didn't file those plans, so you never had an option. So now they don't have those plans. All they've got is the ACA. But right now, like I moved a lot of my groups to an early renewal district being one of them, trying to give them the advantage of not going into the ACA, so I moved them to a 12-1 to give them another year. Well, right now, there's been another decision now been made. They're going to allow you to keep the plans for another two years, maybe into the three. However, what we don't know is what about these carriers, are they going to have the plans? There's some of them that kept them. I mean, you got what, so I, you understand what I'm talking about? When you file a plan, you've got to go to the Department of Insurance and actually put the plan in, and they've got to approve it. That's why there's, and your rates. And then they have to stay that way. You can't change them, or you'll have to refile. So carriers have to, a matter of fact, they're doing, they're starting on that right now for next year's. So yes, by the way, I don't know if I said yes, at the, but if, you've, if you don't have the old plans, and you've moved, no, then you do not. Once you move, you're done. Does does VA coverage qualify? Yes.
4: I'm we'll probably going to go into the C- CSEA, but it would be better for me to try to through the VA coverage instead.
1: Now, you've worked with some VA people. How does that work for them?
0: Well, certainly it certainly counts as a um, credible coverage. Yeah,
1: that's what I thought.
0: We have to sit down and review your options and see if that's the best option, but it certainly can be considered.
1: And certainly, if you, because you've got my card. If you need that kind of help, we have those abilities to do that for you and give you, and we're very good about, we just give you direction. I mean, ours is not about. That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, and see, that's something that we would have to go over your individual uh, demographics. Correct? You don't know of anything that's just a pat direction for him. Yeah. But that is considered coverage.
0: So obviously there are different companies giving different, offering different packages or whatever. Um, if they have to all, you know, meet the same requirements, and obviously they have to follow all that cost themselves, so are all the rates pretty comparable?
1: Oh, you mean as compared to what they were?
0: Well, I mean, like, are the plans really that different? Oh, yes.
1: Very different. I I was shocked how different. I mean, they've put in these, um, they're a lot more out-of-pocket than, I was surprised at this, a lot more out-of-pocket than people have been used to. And the rates, you have to go into these higher deductibles to afford it. I mean, seriously, they're very pricey. Now, the thing of it is with that, it it depends on the demographics again, because we're finding that younger people could pay more, Um, and even with groups. It depends if there have been a sickly groups and their rates were high because of their conditions. Now that's not taken into consideration. That's why it's not just a complete answer, but I'm telling you, like we're getting now, these are the new plans that I've never seen before. you have three office visits, and then after that it's subject to the deductible and coinsurance. We never used to see those on plans. I mean, it's, they're, just, they're, they're set up very differently, and you don't have as much selection. That's that's a problem for me because when people are moving, they want to keep as close. We're trying to keep them as close as what they had. It's very hard to compare these plans right now.
3: And with health no savings accounts, you even have less of a selection?
1: Yes, you do. Yes, we're finding that big time. We're not even having a, a, a 2500 uh, deduct- that used to be a famous HSA, 2500 5000 embedded. A lot of them are aggregate. It's very hard. We've got one company that we've found that does the embedded plans. Im- embedded, I'm sorry, I'm using terms. Embedded means that when you meet the first individual meets the first, like if you've got a $2,500, 5000 deductible plan, the member who meets 2500 there starts paying out, as opposed to going to the whole 5000 most of these plans are now the 5,000. I mean, it's, it, that's just how they're being structured. Did I see somebody raise their hand over here? Okay, because I didn't want to. Was it you? Okay.
0: Um, right now, if I have health insurance through my employer, and then if I lost my job, um, is there a certain time that you?
1: That's a good, that's a good question, because open enrollment right now is from was from October to March 31st everybody has till March 31st to sign up for these once you go past March 31st the only way you'll be able to sign up for a plan from now on is if you have a qualifying event which means you lost coverage through a job or you got married or there was a birth or you know those types of situations are qualifying events um, so yours would be a loss of job, but you just can't say, "Okay, I'm going to go see if that's cheaper, and I get subsidy." You, you won't be able to do that. You'll have to wait until next year. Now, I just got communication. I thought open enrollment; they extended it this year. I thought it was going to be from um, October to December 31st. They just said down in a paper, so I got to verify this November 15th through February 15th. So, that, but you'll have to wait. Anybody that doesn't have a qualifying or something that happens that qualifies them to go into these these plans if need be.
0: So how long do you have like say I lost my job? I mean
1: how, how Now you've got don't they have 60 days? Is it yeah, I think it is 60, 60 days. So. to yes. then, that, then you're so done. You'll get,
0: yeah. You'll
1: get right. That's right. Okay. So oh, and to by the way, you can go 3 months. I just thought of what you just said. You can go 3 months without coverage without getting a penalty. Okay.
0: So then I would lose my job and I would say okay, we need to get health insurance. So you get health insurance and then 4 months down group coverage so you
1: just, you just switch over to the- that's absolutely fine yep and if you lost that job or you you know or something you know whatever might make you qualified I don't want to give you a bad you know make you qualified at that point then that would be a qualifying event otherwise you would have to wait until the next time if you wanted to get back into it
0: I know before Like I know, you have, you have, I know, I
1: know that that is the struggle are they more are they more expensive the the struggle with me to give a direct answer with that is it depends on your on your situation in other words mm-hmm. who's on the plan how old yeah. they are yeah. but I would say it, it, it depends on the situation I'm looking at you you're pretty young I'm going to say the mm-hmm. it, it's it's probably expensive more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um. Because remember when I went over all these, why I did all these benefits have been added. But that's something that if you're ever interested in that, you could certainly call and we could plug it in and find out for you. Because I have forms out there that if anybody's interested to do employer or individual, I'll just take them back to the office and run them and give them out then. Because I figured some of these questions would come up. Okay. So are pen-
4: you? W- when are you penalized when you file your taxes? Yes. That's when you pay the yes. penalty.
1: Yeah.
4: <laughs> I mean, I, I still, I don't have insurance, I still really don't have a desire for
1: insurance, so I'm still trying to figure that out. How does that work? You just pay the penalty when you file your taxes? Yep, that'll be on that, it'll be on that form, okay. is what you're going to see. Well, if you're under 30, then the answer is yes. You can go on that. And they're pretty cheap, aren't they, Thomas? They're like 135 or something like that?
0: It's based on the county, but typically about $130 to $135 a month.
4: So if you're over 30, and you still want just catastrophic and paid penalty. Can you still do that? Or some options? Now, say that again. Can you do what? So if you're 40, you want
1: If you've got the catastrophic, if you're going to pay for the, this is why I'm listening so intently. Your question was, can you have a catastrophic plan and pay the penalty if that's the way you want to go? Age, if you have a catastrophic plan, that eliminates the, the penalty because you have a plan. At, the, at any age? At Not if you're over 30, no. The, there is a... Um, are they still covering
4: you over
0: 30 is what I'm
1: asking. Do you still have oh, if it's in place already, it, uh, you know I, it,
0: That's a question I have. You, you do lose it, but as to when you lose it. Um,
1: yeah, we don't know if it would be I'm the year.
0: I'm not sure as to when you lose it.
4: So the but insurance you, company doesn't even have the option to give you that coverage if you're over 30.
0: That's correct. That's and correct. If you're on it and you're 29 and you age into 30 plus, um, you do lose it. So Sorry, just it's not immediate, but I don't know when.
1: Did you have a question? Yeah, is
4: there anybody that's exempt based on religion or from
1: the plane at all? At this point in time, no. Not for religion. It's the law of the land at this yeah. point, And I know what you so basically
0: be- the Amish are pretty The Amish, the answer is most, for most people, no. There is no exemption. There, But there is some exemptions in place, but they're very small.
1: And Yeah, and they're very hard to, to accommodate and get those approved. Because I do think there's also uh, their, how, how much their inco- something to do with their income, too, I think, might have some, a hardship. I'm
4: sorry? That doesn't revert back to the,
1: falls into the, uh, the income
0: level.
1: Yes. And you could be shot if your income is such bad. I would think that would throw you into Medicaid. Medicaid.
0: Medicaid.
1: Yeah. You had a question, somebody yeah. there?
0: Yeah, so... Must have health insurance basically. is what
1: it's saying. Yeah, so you're going to get a penalty. I'm a
0: student, and if I don't have health insurance through my college or through where I work, I'm going to get penalized on my taxes at the
1: end of the year. Yes, and what it'll be this year will be $95 or 1% of your W 2 box 1 income. Because it's either or, whichever's greater. Whichever's greater. Okay, how did that I'd like to
2: try to answer, I'm going to get close enough maybe the microphone will help. I'm going to try to answer your question as well as kind of answering the targeting as a Christian thing, a specific provision within the ACA Act is that is, the, is a provision for health-sharing ministries. Now, it's not a true insurance plan, but if you... Uh, CHM is one, uh, MediShare is another where you can you can go that right it is not true insurance as far as then it's not a pre tax benefit of any kind but it it negates the need to have a true health insurance plan there is a provision for that and so and, and for lack of a better word the premium the monthly amount that you would pay as an individual or if your employer provided that to your church or Christian school is typically less than what true premiums would be for a health insurance plan. Um, so those are options. Uh, this, what's that? It, 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 is, mm. it is allowed for specifically in ACA. Right.
1: Mm. That's cool, I didn't They're know that. Ohio, CHM.
2: Yes they are, CHM is.
1: So it's not um, a true insurance no. plan? It's not a
2: true insurance it's a plan. It's, uh, it's what like that is month. is you pay a monthly amount and you're, you're, what you pay in helps pay other bills for other people. There's a heavy amount of negotiation on almost every bill that takes place to try to reduce the overall bill uh, for that mm-hmm. procedure or whatever it was. Uh, and so there's a lot that has to be done to get it down as much as possible. But you, you basically are helping pay other people's bills. And there is some
0: underwriting on that. Um, if based on your health conditions, to answer questions, you may have to pay a little more for the medicine. Right. I did look into that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't kick in until oh. you
1: I didn't know that.
3: I had a question. Um, and do you want to go ahead and answer
2: those, Shelby? Be well, before. I want to oh. remember this not? one. Whoever answered, asked this question here about the employer pursuing coverage, what was that question more in detail? Well, Mike, I've got uh, I employer, I offer AFLAC to my employees. Am I.
0: Am
1: I what size of. how many employees? Have, uh, you, you, uh, it has now been delayed till 2016. But at that point in time, you will receive a penalty. Currently, you're not going to be receiving a penalty. Now, your employees will because they don't have minimum coverage. But like that's not your responsibility.
2: clarification question for you, Michael. You say 60 employees are the 60 full-time employees. What would, how, is this, Oh, isn't how many full-time? This an FTE scenario. Yes. Full-time, probably. Okay. Now you're not having any equivalency rate where you have to actually add up the hours worked by your part-time people and divide that out to determine if how many do you have that are effective full-time
1: employees. Which which is in that packet there that I submitted to you, and it is 130 hours, the safe harbor for that. But that should help you. That's exactly why I put that in there. But that has been delayed until 2016 for you, and it's interesting because when he brought in that full-time, thank you, Shelby, for jumping in like that, because that is important because I think part-time does something as well as far as where you fall as to how many because some groups could actually fall in two different, the both categories. They could get the fine, but they're going to have the benefits for the, uh, the under 51. So that's definitely something, and if you need help with that, you're more than welcome you know, to give me a call. Anything else?
0: Have a so can we call you? Yeah, you we yep have any questions, we Yep. You guys call. Yep. And, um, I was Like, what's this going to do to the companies eventually? Like, pretty much
1: puts with their That's what we're seeing. Is it well, we don't, what I, what I can't foresee, and it's funny because one of the new insurance companies we just got is in, in Health. It is government, it has been funded totally by the government, so it would make everything competitive. We just started getting these in, the rates are pretty good. They're, they're, they're sta- they're, the government psychologically put one of these carriers and funded it, and they've got good backing to now be out there as a market. Because that's what keeps things competitive and keeps rates down. And even when we were doing, when I do group business, I negotiate. I, there won't be that anymore because these rates are filed now and this is what it is. And now you don't get it in employee, employee, spouse. It's, it's by individual and exactly how much. And then you got the smoker rate right over to like a 25% increase. So... Yeah, so I, I don't know right now. We thought this whole thing would implode. If you really want to know the truth, we did not think it was going to go. Okay. Well, so it's surprising us. Is
0: there no
1: turning back? I highly doubt it, but at the point, like right now, I, I'm wondering, this is just my opinion, moving this to the 2016 as he did, this will be when he'll be out of office. So, you know, it, it surprises me where we're at now. I, I really didn't think this was going because of all the money. <laughs>
2: We've got time for one more question. Yeah. And it was up on
1: the... Oh, list. I'm sorry. Did I ignore you? I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> it's all right. We've kind of jumped around. Um, like, we only have one pastor right now that we are insuring, and we went individual because that was the only way we
3: could go. We are paying his insurance, but he is going to get taxed on all of that. Is that not
2: correct? Shelby is a winner on this That one. is a great question to bring to my 110 session.
1: I'm,
2: are you... I'm doing a church Q&A, I'm church fine. finance Q&A. Yes, we'll answer the question regarding an individual plan being reimbursed by a church. Um, we'll talk about that during the 110 session.